You do not have to be exhausted and drained and just kind of feel numb to your work. It's possible for you to enjoy the work that you do. It's possible for you to find those beautiful moments where you get to be like, this is why I'm a nurse. This is why I love what I do. This makes me so happy that I got to be here in this moment. Hey there, I'm your host, Sarah Lorenzini, a rapid response nurse and educator who loves telling stories to teach critical thinking. This podcast is for nurses who want the knowledge, skills, and confidence to respond to any emergency. With almost 20 years of experience in the ER and critical care nursing and a master's degree in nursing education, I have a lot of stories to share, and I love to nerd out and break down the pathophysiology, pharmacology, and nurses' role in emergencies. Stories bring learning to life. It is way easier to learn from and remember the stories that my colleagues and mentors have told me than anything I've read in a textbook. And that is why I made this podcast. Every episode is packed full of exactly what you need to know to handle whatever crisis that could arise on your shift. It's one thing to get the right answer on the test, but knowing how to detect when your patient is declining and what to do when your patient is crashing is what will make or break your day and might just save your patient's life. Hey guys, welcome back to part two of this conversation with Jana Holterman, who is a nurse burnout coach. So if you haven't already listened to episode 66, go ahead and pause this episode now and go back and listen to that one first. It's the first half of this conversation. In this episode, we're going to dive even deeper into some of the signs and symptoms of burnout and really some practical things you can apply even today for how to prevent burnout and how to treat it if you're finding yourself in that place right now. Jana has a lot of wisdom on this topic, being a nurse that has overcome burnout, and this is like her specialty at this point in her career. So to catch you up, we were just talking about how mindset is everything and that if you look for the bad, you're going to find it. But if you look for the good, you'll find that too. And then I asked Jana this question. So I'm going to play devil's advocate. What would you say to the people that are like, oh, you're just using toxic positivity and we got to face the challenges head on and call it for what it is. And, you know, staffing is not okay, and this is not okay, And the manager's not okay. Like, how do you balance like not just being a pushover, but like everything's okay, or taking the stance that you're recommending of just choosing to look at other things as the priority? (laughs) Like, how how do you I'm sure you have clients that share that, that perspective with you. No, absolutely. And I 100% agree that there's major issues. But let's let's be a little real here. The people who are sitting in the nursing station bitching about how horrible it is, are they the people who are actually taking a stand and making change? And I firmly believe that when you take care of yourself, when you figure out who you authentically are, what you want, what your boundaries are as a nurse... It's basically like being in a dark room and you turn that light on and that light shines up the entire freaking room. You have that capacity to make so much change. And I have seen that from my experience and the clients that I'm helping. And now my clients are being that light in the dark room where they are in this capacity because they actually have the emotional and physical energy capacity to make those changes. They can show up and be like, wow, I realized that this isn't working. Like, what if we did it a different way? And they're willing now because they've 
created that self-belief in themselves and realized how much they can change in just their own lives to then be that advocate for their patients, to create better staffing ratios, to go to the management and say, there's so much better options. Like, what Mm -hmm. if we just did it this way? And, you know, when you actually give yourself what your body needs, you get more creative. You have more ideas because you have created that space and that energy to be like, wow, there's so much better ways. So really, I do not think that toxic positivity is useful. If you feel like shit, you should not just be slapping a smile on your face. What I teach my clients is to process those emotions and then get to neutral. Some days are good. Some days are bad. They pay me a paycheck. There's things I can like. There's things I dislike. What if I could just feel neutral about my nursing job? And then once you've practiced feeling just neutral about it for a while, then you can move into more positive emotions. I don't think that really anybody can go from like feeling terrible to feeling amazing. It's not going to be real. It's not going to last because your brain has practiced being in that negative state for so long that it doesn't even have that capacity. So it really is like a ladder of moving slowly up that. So the toxic positivity is not lasting. It's not true. Everybody has experienced that fake person who is like, it's going to be wonderful. And you're like, can you just shut up? Nobody wants to listen to this. (laughs) So yes, it is a process. And the amount of impact that you can make if you are being your authentic self as a nurse is so much greater than just sitting and complaining about how bad it is. My grandmother and all of her wisdom used to always tell me, Sarah, if you look for the bad, you'll always find it. And if you look for the good, you'll always find it. And exactly. Especially like at the height of COVID when our hospital was busting at the seams and it felt like everyone was just dying. My role as a rapid response nurse literally all that I saw was bad. No one called me to be like, hey, guess what? My patient got better. <laughs> all yeah. I got called to was, this one's crashing. Now this one's crashing. It's time to intubate this one. Got, they've gotten sicker. This one's gotten... It, it's, it was only when things were bad. No one called me for the good. And so I had to actually seek out being mm-hmm. a part of discharging patients home. Like I told my coworkers, if there's someone who's actually recovered, can you just let me know. I would love to just see them like pushed out the door. Yes. I would love to, not push out the door, like wheeled out. The <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> just just if kick them out. Being, if someone's being downgraded from the ICU yep. to the PCU or being extubated to go on BiPAP rather than being intubated, I, I need to see that stuff. I need to see patients get better. Just to remind myself that the work we do is, is so valuable. Like it, it makes an impact. You know, just yesterday at my hospital, I had a postpartum mom who was getting sicker and I had to upgrade her to the PCU. So I called the doctor. I advocated for her. She's sicker. Mm -hmm. She's tachycardic. She's, you know, she's breathing fast. She's not appropriate for a postpartum floor. She needs to be in the progressive care unit. So he gave me a verbal order to upgrade her. And then I got the room for her. But on our way to the PCU, I stopped by the NICU because I wanted her to get to see her baby. And the doctor comes in. He's like, why are you, why is she in the NICU? I, I thought she was so sick. She has to go PCU. Why would you take her to the NICU if she's that sick? And I was like, cause I needed for her to see her baby. And I wanted to be a part of a beautiful moment, not just, oh, she's getting sicker. This is terrible. Yeah. But she hadn't got to hold her baby yet. And so we went to the NICU. I was there for probably 20 minutes, just monitoring her, but also getting to see some of the beautiful stuff we get to do in nursing. Yeah. Even though it had nothing to do with my role. My role is to recognize patients who are crashing, stabilize them, get them where they have to go. But we took a little pit stop because 
that's the kind of stuff that I went to nursing for, right? Yeah, and you get so caught up in the that. task. The task is like, I have to get the mm-hmm. patient's oxygen saturation up. I have to get the patient to the respiratory care unit to be monitored. That's the task. But the beauty in nursing, the art of nursing is, no, we're going to stop in the NICU. We're going to find a way to make this happen. Yes, she's on a non-rebreather mask and she's getting sicker, but she's not contagious. <laughs> she's just yep. fluid overloaded. Her baby needs to see her, right? So we just yeah. we figured out a way to make it work. I love and so that, that kind and of stuff is like what keeps you from getting in the burnout. I could have chose to be like, oh, these doctors here don't understand. No one really gets, no one's hearing my voice, blah, blah, blah. Or I could be like, whatever, he's upset. He's confused about my decision. Doesn't matter. I know I did this right with the patient. Mm-hmm. I feel good about today because of that, right? I love and that. So when nurses are burnout, there's no judgment because I get it. I have been on the brink mm-hmm. of it so many times. But I think yep. what has kept me coming back to the bedside, showing up every day, still whole as a person, is that when I see the hard stuff, I face it head on and work through those emotions. And I'm able to kind of take a bird's eye view away from all the task of nursing and look for the beauty in it. Look for mm-hmm. the good stuff we get to do as nurses because there's so many opportunities for it. And like you said, those nurses that are bitching at the nursing station, they're, they're yep. missing opportunities. There's wasting all their yeah. time talking about how bad it is. When there's beautiful patients and families that they could be spending time with, getting to know, you know, sometimes those little tasks of like washing someone's hair or making them feel better, like giving them a chance to talk about their life. That's the stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least for me, that's the stuff I went to nursing school for. Not yeah. to just, you know, give a bunch of medications and document it on time. Like that is not fulfilling, but the human connection is what's fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And so when nurses Absolutely. can kind of look past all the bad, because there is bad. I'm not denying there's bad. Absolutely. But we can look past all that and be like, why did I become a nurse again? To be with people mm-hmm. who are suffering? Okay, let me find ways to do that. Because that that is rewarding, you know? Absolutely. So I'm yeah, glad there that. are nurse burnout coaches like you <laughs> that can remind people <laughs> to advocate you. for themselves and to kind of, <laughs> yeah. like, like you said, kind of rewire their brain. You kind of get in this like pattern, this this mm-hmm. mode of operating. And it, it it does take a mental and emotional shift to get out of that. And even physical, like there's physical chemicals yeah. that kind of 100%. get built up in your system that make it hard to function any other way. And you have to find a way to slowly reprogram your whole system, mind, body, emotions, so that you can still show up and love your job every single day. It is a full, well-rounded complete system that is required. Yeah. Yeah. So I have two more questions for you. For those that have never heard of life coaching, what's the difference between like a personal coach or a counselor or a therapist or a friend or a life coach? Like how does life coach fit into all those different roles in your life? Oh, that's always like the major question. All right. So basically we'll go with therapy first. So therapy is very past focused and is huge. If you've suffered from trauma that is currently affecting your life, like if you are experiencing things that are preventing you from moving on because of something that has happened, therapy is for sure for you. Take that time. I mean, I've personally done therapy and it has helped me a lot to heal traumatic things that have happened to me. Also, if you're suffering from mental illness diagnosis, that's when like the psychiatrist comes in for the medication, but then also the therapist gives you more tools to help you for your specific diagnoses. Counselors are more the kind of giving you recommendations or tools, and then you kind of go do on your own thing. Oh, you want to go here? I'm just going to give you these workbooks and these things, you know, go ahead. Good luck. 
Coaches are more forward focused for people who already have, I would say like, are if they have a mental health diagnosis, they're already being treated for it. They already have that treatment plan. Or if they don't have a mental health diagnosis, it's really coming to you where you're at now and creating that plan to move forward. So sometimes it is processing and healing some emotional um, things that have happened in your past, but majority of it is kind of helping you where you're at now and creating that forward focus plan, giving you those tools that help you move forward, help your brain be reprogrammed for what you want, helping you have those lifestyle tools to create that energy. So it's more of a forward focus. And did you say another one? You said therapy, counseling, life coaching. Uh, And like a health fitness Health uh, fitness trainer. So, so health, <laughs> yes. So basically, health fitness trainer. They generally come with what they're focused on. So, like, you could get like a fitness trainer. So they're literally going to be at the gym helping you deadlift. Or if you get a nutrition trainer or coach, they're going to be helping you with your nutrition. So they kind of have that specific role that they're focused on with one aspect. Now, I for sure do help my clients with some like figuring out which fitness kind of is good for them because moving your body is vital for kind of releasing some of that energy and creating more energy. Love those happy hormones that are released when you move your body, but that's kind of unique to you. So I do help with some of that. My mother's also a dietitian, so I have a lot of nutrition background. So I love giving my clients meal prep kits and stuff. But if something were beyond the basics of what I can give you over a Zoom call, I would say a fitness trainer might be good if you're trying to learn how to deadlift safely or a nutrition coach if you have some sort of you know nutritional deficit or a food intolerance or something like that. That might be a better role. I have a question for you. Yes. If there's a nurse that's listening right now to this podcast, that's like, oh my gosh, I am burnout. Like the more I hear this, I am, I am burnout. What would you say to them? This doesn't have to be forever. I think that that's something that, especially in the way that our profession is right now, people just have like come to accept it as the norm. This does not have to be the norm. You do not have to be exhausted and drained and just kind of feel numb to your work. It's possible for you to enjoy the work that you do. It's possible for you to find those beautiful moments that we were talking about where you get to be like, this is why I'm a nurse. This is why I love what I do. This makes me so happy that I got to be here in this moment. And when you have that capacity, you get to go home and have the energy to enjoy your life because that's really what this is about. This is about you creating a life that you can enjoy and love inside of the hospital, outside of the hospital, so that you can be a well-rounded human being that just really enjoys what they do. So you are not alone. There's thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of nurses out there who are experiencing burnout right now. But that doesn't mean that you have to stay where you are. And you can start doing these things on your own or you can ask for help. And that's okay either way. Good. Thanks, Jana. So if yeah. someone wanted to get a hold of you or reach you, what are some ways they can they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. Again, so um, I am a nurse burnout coach, which basically means I help nurses bounce back from burnout to love their lives inside and outside of the hospital. So if that sounds like something that resonates with you, um, I am on Instagram and Facebook at Jana Holterman Coaching. That's J-A-N-N-A-H-O-L-T-E-R-M-A-N Coaching. I also have a 
Facebook community and a website. So the website is just janaholterman.com. And you can find me at all of those places. Awesome. And I'll put all those links in the show notes for you guys. You don't have to remember Thank you. how to spell it. It'll be just yeah. a link in the show notes. Well, Jana, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking with you today. I appreciate your insight and your experience into this aspect of nursing. It's definitely much needed and an important conversation to have. So thank you so much. Yeah, it was a pleasure being on here. Thank you so much for having me. Before you go, I just wanted to let you know that if you like this episode, you would probably like my course too. My one-hour rapid response and rescue course is an introduction to how I approach emergencies. If you would like to learn to think, assess, and respond quickly when your patient is crashing, then you can check out my website, rapidresponseandrescue.com. And if you message me the word podcast on Instagram, I will send you a coupon code for $10 off the cost of the course. Oh, and did I mention that the course is approved by the AACN and worth one continuing education contact hour? So if you want to level up your emergency response skills and get one CE in the process, then this course is what you want. I put the link in the show notes for you. Well, thanks for listening. I hope you learned something that will save a life. Remember, nursing is a team sport, so trust your intuition and don't give up advocating until you are confident you've done what's right by your patient. The views and opinions expressed on this show are that of Sarah Lorenzini and hers alone. They are not intended as medical advice and should not take the place of your institution's policies or procedures. Evidence-based practice is ever-changing and your patient care should reflect the current best practice. If you want to get in contact with Sarah, you can find her at rapidresponseandrescue.com or on social media platforms as the Rapid Response RN.